وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في العظيم أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الحمد لله we are able to have our session we had some technical problems so uh, I hope inshallah now everything is okay uh, if you are not watching me please refresh your screen uh, the verse which we are going to talk about is the verse 15 and then inshallah 16 we already discussed the about the verse 15 in the last session and reached middle of the verse so I recited from the beginning and inshallah we will continue our discussion A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajeem Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Wa in jahadaka ala an tushrika bima laysa laka bihi ilmun Fala tuti'ahuma wa sahibuhuma fid dunya ma'rufa Wattabi' sabeel man anaba ilayya ثم إلي مرجعكم فأنبئكم بما كنتم تعملون. This is part of the advice that is given about the parents. If the parents try make efforts or even a struggle jahadak in arabic jahada comes from the root juhd which means to struggle to make efforts to do your best to do something so if your parents make lots of efforts so that you should associate some partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah says Fala do not obey them and interestingly as we said before Allah says and tushrika bima laysa laka bihi ilm to associate with Allah what you have no knowledge of means something that is not proved something which is not true something which is out of ignorance you must not do anything out of ignorance let alone something like shirk polytheism so why we should not be, for example, associating someone with God? Because it's false. Because it is baseless. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to do something for which we have reason, for something which we have proof. And for sure, for something which is false, we cannot have good argument we cannot have a proof 
So do not obey them when they want to force you or push you or pursue you, persuade you to become a polytheist. But still, but keep company with them in this world kindly. In the hereafter, of course, hello, hello, salamat. Okay, I should speak louder. So, in the hereafter, the situation may be different. In the hereafter, there is no guarantee that parents can live with their children. Or brothers and sisters or friends can be together. Because it depends on their action and performance. So, if someone is a believer and his child or his father is not a believer, then they may not be together. Yes, we have this idea in the Quran that if, the, for example, a person is a good person and his parents, children uh, are not that good, Still, they have some qualifications. Salah. If the parents and children are good, but not equally good, there is possibility that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may let them join him or her without reducing his or her reward. This is a concept that we have in the Quran. But if someone is a believer and the one is not a believer, we know that the one who doesn't believe in basic truth, who doesn't believe in God, then he would not be able to go to heaven. Maybe he would be not sent to hell if he's excused, but to go to heaven needs belief in the basic truth and in the most fundamental truth, which is belief in God. In any case, we are not at the moment talking about the hereafter. That is not actually our job to decide. To be with whom or not to be with someone is not up to us in the hereafter. But in dunya, it's up to us. In dunya, you have to be very good companion for your parents, even if they don't believe. وَصَاحِبْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفَ And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَاتَّبِعْ سَبِيلَ مَنْ أَنَابَ إِلَيَّ And follow the way, the path 
of the one who returns to me or according to some translation who turns to me anaba yunibu enaba means to return and munib is a person who returns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or who turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a lot so what type of conduct we should have what type of um, attitude should we have Allah says be like the one who turns to me who pays his attention to me who directs his heart and mind to me if you are directed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you are facing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you are turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then you would be receiving his light his guidance his mercy his support like a mirror which is facing sun that if we turn to other things to things other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and as a result we turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we turn we, uh, to other directions and do not face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we would be deprived from receiving his guidance and light and mercy so then we would do lots of mistakes so we have to follow the path of those who have managed to face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to turn to him such a person would not be harsh with his parents indeed he would not be harsh with anyone unless there is no way to protect good sometimes you know there are criminals there are mischief makers there are people who are corrupt and you have to protect yourself and the society from them so you may need to be uh, strong and harsh but this is very very um, exceptional it's not happening all the time most of the time we interact with people who are not necessarily good but they are not creating problem for us like such parents the parents who are not obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who are not that pious who may not even believe in God but they are not mischief makers so it's not that if you show some kind of kindness to them then you would help them in spreading mischief that is their idea and they want to persuade you to follow them and to disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and just don't listen to them but you don't need to fight them you don't need to actually cut off your relation with them and follow the path of the people who turn to me then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says 
ثم إلي مرجعكم. Then you all would return to me, would come back to me. Roju means to return, to go back. So whatever you do, you must be sure that at the end you come back to me. Whether you listen to this advice or not. Whether you are good with your parents, kind with your parents or not. At the end, you all come back to me. And then you would be informed of what you did. It means that whatever you do in this world would not be forgotten, would not be ignored. They are all recorded in such a nice, detailed way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would inform you about what you have done. It's very nice. You know, sometimes, for example, I do something and you tell me, I know what you did. But here, Allah says, He will inform us about what we have done. You know, because sometimes maybe the person himself doesn't know what he did. Or doesn't know exactly what he did or said. Doesn't know the extent to which he did something good or bad. So, there are many, many ways in which we may not know exactly what we have done. We may not know the outcomes. We may not know how we have brought for example, joy to someone's heart or sadness to someone's heart. How we have broken someone's heart. We may not know. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would inform us exactly what happened. So, it means that everything is very accurately and carefully registered. So, you have to be very careful about what you do. So, know, Allah is telling us, you must know that whatever you do with your parents would be registered and then you would be informed about that. Of course, this is not just giving information. Then there are consequences. You have to be accountable for what you have done. If you have done good, with you. If you have been kind to your parents, then you would be rewarded. If you have not been kind with your parents, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would blame you and you may even be punished depending on what you have done. So it's very important that always we remember that the behavior that we have with respect to our parents is going to be uh, reported back to us. Okay, now I want to mention another verse in the Quran which is very similar to this verse and that is the verse number 8 of Surat An-Kabut. If you have Quran with you you can refer right now to Surat An-Kabut, 
the verse number eight, or you can have later if you don't have the Quran at, uh, at the moment with you. It says, "A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim, wa basayna li-insan bi-walidayha husna, wa in jahadaka li-tushrika bi-ma laysa laka bi-ilmun, fala tuta'huma." It's very similar. There are some differences, but very, very similar. Allah asks us to be kind with our parents. And He says this is advice given to Al-Insan, to human beings. So every human being must be kind. Even if you are not a Muslim, if you don't follow any faith, still as a human being you are expected to be kind with your parents. And if they try to force you or persuade you to associate someone with God that you don't have knowledge about, do not obey them, you are returning to me and I will inform you about what you have been doing. It's very similar to the verse from Surah Luqman which we just uh, read and reflected. There is a hadith which is very famous and uh, it has been mentioned in many sources including Tafsir Namune uh, in the volume about Surat Ankabut number 8 according to this hadith a person went to the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and asked to whom should I be kind I should show my kindness and love you know, of course, you should try to be kind to everyone, but if you want to begin, if you want to start, if you want to have a focus to begin with, what should you do? The Prophet Muhammad وسلم, according to this hadith, said, your mother. So, if you are able to show support and love to only one person, That should be your mother. Then the person asked, who would be the next? So after my mother, then who is the second person? And the prophet again said, your mother. So this man was perhaps very surprised. The prophet is asking him twice to be kind to your parents. Then who said? He said, okay, uh, who is the next? And again the prophet said, your mother. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Uh, sorry, uh, tonight we have problem with internet. So I had to reduce the quality. I hope you can now hear me and watch me okay we have to overcome all these problems and inshallah uh, Allah
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would help us inshallah. So this person asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whom should I choose to be kind with, to begin with? Maybe sometimes, you know, you cannot start being kind to everyone. You need to focus first on someone. So the Prophet said, your mother. Then he asked that for the second time, the Prophet said, your mother. Then he asked, who is the next? Again, the Prophet said, your mother. So for three times, the Prophet said, you must be kind with your mother. And then in the fourth time, the Prophet said, your father. And then the Prophet mentioned other relatives. Because, you know, in Islam, we have very logical rules. We have to be kind, we have to be supportive, we have to be merciful with respect to everyone, even with animals, even with plants. But at the same time, there is an order. For example, if you want to give charity, so you cannot say I give only charity or I am only concerned about my family or about people of my own town or people of my own country or people of my own religion. No, you have to be concerned about everyone. But as a pragmatic and practical strategy, you have to start from somewhere. Everyone is asked to start with the people who are closest to him. So, for example, to begin with, I have to start with my parents. I cannot ignore the need of my parents and help someone in another part of the world. Yes, if your parents are okay, if you have managed to look after them and take care of their needs and then there is someone in another part of the world you are responsible but if it's a matter of either your parents or someone who is not related to you then your parents are receiving to be received uh, priority and this is very logical if every person starts with his parents, children, and then extended family, neighbors, the town, then the county or province, then the country, then everyone would have first accurate information because I know the situation of my parents. I know that they are really in need or not. And maybe my parents don't tell anyone that they are in need and I am the only one who knows. So if I don't help them, then someone else may not know about them to help or may not know how to help them. Or even if they, someone else wants to help them, they may be, feel that they are humiliated or you know may 
feel that they are losing their honor and dignity, but I am their child. So it's very logical that we have to set up a practical strategy for spreading our charity and charitable works. And to begin with, we have to start with the people with whom we have the maximum relation. Our mother, our father. What about children? Of course children. But you know, for children, normally we don't need to advise people. Because they are already very much concerned about their children. You find people who neglect the par about the parents, but not about the children. Of course, unfortunately, many new things are happening in our age. Even we find today parents who are not caring about their children, or if they care, they care only about their food and dress and secular education, not necessarily about the other things. But overall, still in our communities, uh, alhamdulillah, parents are very much concerned about the children. But what about their own parents? May not be at that level. So it needs advice. We cannot leave it without advice. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who is the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and every wise leader, wise preacher, every alim is giving us this message that you have to be very kind with your parents. Okay, before I move on to the next verse, I want to make one point which is, I think, very important. As we just saw, we have to be very concerned about the pa our parents, especially our mothers. The Prophet Muhammad wasallam said, Al-Jannatu tahta aqdamil ummahat. Heaven is beneath the feet of mothers. So if you want to enter heaven, you have to be very humble and very kind to your mother, and that is the way to get into heaven. But there is a problem. Some of us don't know how to be kind to our parents and at the same time to our husband or wife. Some of us, when we want to be kind to our parents, which is good, we mistreat our husband or wife. And I have seen many cases, I have been told of many cases, even sometimes, for example, a boy is asked by his mother to divorce his wife. And there is no good reason for that. Just she is not happy with this girl, or maybe from the beginning she was not happy or maybe at the beginning she was happy, she is not now happy. So there can be different reasons. So this boy is not in a very good relation with his wife because 
he wants to be kind to his mother, he wants to listen and obey his mother. This is wrong. We cannot be kind to our parents and at the same time humiliate our wife or husband or mistreat them or do injustice to them. This is wrong. Yes, you should be ready to sacrifice. You should be ready to give up your own desires for the sake of your parents. For example, you want to sleep, but at the same time, your parents need something. Okay, don't sleep and do something for your parents. But you cannot ask your wife not to sleep and do something for your mother. You can, of course, request her, and if she is, you know, kind, if she is, you know, understanding, if she is capable, she would do it even without you asking her. But you cannot ask your wife to serve your parents because you want to be kind to your parents, or vice versa. You cannot give, for example, no food to your wife or your husband, for example, or no attention or no money because your mother says so. You have to find out the balance. Why we are not that capable and that wise hekmah that we can understand how to please everyone, how to give everyone its due right, his due or her due right. Love your mother, give her whatever she needs. Be very kind, available, helpful, but not by mistreating others. Think about it, find the best ways, not the easiest ways. Because sometimes the easiest ways are not necessarily the best ways. So this is something that I wanted to make clear and I'm sure that you yourself you know, know these things just as a reminder and inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help all of us. Now let's move to the next verse which is another advice given by Luqman al-Hakim, Luqman the wise to his son. Luqman said to his son, Ya Bunayya, innaha intakumithqala habbatin min khardalin fatakun fi sakhratin aw fil samawati aw fil ardu ya'ti bihallah inna allah latifun khabir. We just said in the end of the verse 15 that Allah would inform us about everything that we have done. So now there is a connection. From the end of the verse 15 which is about Allah informing us about everything we do in this world, we go to an advice given by Luqman which is very much related to this point. Oh my son, Surely, if it is the very weight of the grain of a mustard seed, so small, 
so little. Even though it is in the heart of rock. So very small and hidden inside a rock. Or high above in the heaven. Or deep down in the earth. Allah will bring it. As some translators have said, Allah will bring it to light. It means that Allah will report about it. Allah will represent it as a case. Surely Allah is nor of subtleties. And Allah is aware, khabir. So he's latif. Latif sometimes means the one who is merciful and kind. And sometimes means the one who knows all the subtleties. In Arabic, they say Latif is Mala Yotrak illa bidekatanavar. Latif is subtle, something that cannot be perceived and understood without being very careful. So, Allah is Latif, means He knows Latif things. He knows the things which are very subtle. He knows all the details. It's not that He only knows about the you know, very universal and very general ideas. You know, sometimes, for example, you may be a director of an office, but you may not know everything that is happening in that office. You know just the main things. But sometimes there are directors who know everything, even details. So, Luqman told his son, my dear son, Bunayya, Bunaya, as we said before, means my little son, which is normally used in Arabic as a kind of showing your love. My son, my dear son, you must know that nothing would happen without Allah knowing that and without Allah reporting that to us on the Day of Judgment. The smallest thing, this is an example, you know, when we say like a mustard seed, the grain of a mustard seed, it's an example. This is uh, something very small that we know of in this physical world. The idea is that anything that you do, anything that goes on in your heart, anything like that, would be known by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah would take account of that. And on the day of judgment, he would be informed about that. Of course, uh, this is the general rule. Then maybe sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if we do something wrong and then we repent, Allah may forgive, even he may wipe off. Those are the details of this general rule. But basically the idea is that everything would be registered, recorded, and if needed, Allah would give a detailed report of that back to us on the Day of Judgment. So we have to be very careful. We have also this in Surah Zalzal, مَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ خَيْرًا يَرَهُ وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ شَرًّا يَرَهُ so if you are doing something good, Alhamdulillah, 
and be sure that Allah knows about us. Even if people don't appreciate, if no one thanks you. If you are good with, your, with respect to your parents and they don't appreciate. If you are good with, your, with respect to your husband and he doesn't appreciate. Or your wife, she doesn't appreciate. Or your children, or your neighbors, or your friends, or your society and community. Don't worry. The one who should know, he knows about it. And he will tell you on the Day of Judgment about what you did and about the sequence and consequences of that. Everything, step one, step two, step three, step four, everything that you did with all details, with all the good which came out of it, would be reported to you. And this is very much encouraging. If you suffer, Allah knows about it. If you are mistreated, Allah knows about it. He is there. Maybe He doesn't come quickly to help you. Maybe He wants you to continue. Maybe this is a test for you and others. Don't expect that Allah comes immediately and stops this mistreatment that you are going through. But be aware that Allah is there and Allah is aware of that and sooner or later He would do something to support you. Allah is the supporter of those who are mistreated, the people who are dealt with injustice. We have this about Imam Hussein alayhi salam that, for example, when one of the tragedies and calamities, you know, uh, happened to him, and I think uh, it was, uh, I just made a doubt, Imam uh, Hussein or Lady Zainab, that, that, that it makes it easy for me because I know that this is happening in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So maybe Allah at that time didn't immediately, you know, fix the problem, but Allah knows about it. And when the appropriate time comes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would do something. Either by destroying your enemy, either by changing that person if he's possible to be changed, either by giving you reward, by compensating you. But for sure nothing would remain unattended. So Luqman told his son something very fundamental and this is very wise of Luqman that he knew that he should focus and stress on very important issues one of the very important issues is that we should develop a sense of awareness of the hereafter a sense of awareness of the fact that everything we do is in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah knows about it and Allah would report us about it. And maybe he would report it in front of others. So you should have such a good behavior that if millions of people are there watching the report about your actions, then you would not feel 
you know bad you would not feel that oh this is you know uh, very very uh, shameful that I have done this and everyone is knowing you know one of the du'as that we say we say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala my master Sayyidi la tafdahni ala ru'us al-ashhad please do not humiliate me in front of witnesses of course Allah doesn't want to humiliate anyone but just when Allah introduces us and what we have done if we have not been doing well would be enough to be humiliated so Allah is not going to say bad things you know uh, which are not true just if Allah tells what bad things we have done it would be enough to lose our honor so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala please do not disclose my bad actions to anyone please forgive them and I promise that I'm not going to repeat so Luqman gave this beautiful advice to his son and inshallah we will continue with this uh, advice and other advices of Luqman in the next um, inshallah session we have some questions remain from last week uh, the first is actually uh, about a verse verse 83 of chapter 26 which is about uh, wisdom and I'm just trying to find the verse. Yes, I think we mentioned this verse in the previous session. This is in Surah Shu'ara, chapter 26, number 83. And this is part of the prayer of Ibrahim, ala nabiyyina wa alihi wa alayhi salam. One of the things that Ibrahim said to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was, Rabbi habli hukman wa alhaqni bis-salihin. My Lord, please give me hukman. Hukm here can mean hikma, wisdom. And let me join the righteous people. But some people, uh, instead of wisdom, they have interpreted in the sense of a kind of position to be able to judge and rule because in Arabic hukm also means to rule and they have translated that way but it's very much likely that it means wisdom and understanding so this is one of the beautiful du'as that also you can uh, recite and it continues Oh Allah, please also confer on me a worthy repute 
among the people who come in future. I want people in future have a good memory of me. And please let me be uh, able to be one of the hives of the paradise of bliss. And then this continues. So this is also beautiful uh, dua and it's related to hikmah. Thank you for reminding us of this. The second question, you said that we need leader of the age to understand Islam with wisdom. Our 12th Imam has been in occultation for the past almost 1300 years. Who would you say can be considered a leader of the age for Muslims today to provide relevance and true interpretation of Quran? To be able to find out this, you need yourself to have some insight. You have to look for the most qualified leaders in different levels, the most qualified leader for your community in the town, for the worldwide community, for the whole humanity. And we should look first for some qualifications. The people who have very good and balanced understanding of Islam, a comprehensive understanding of Islam. The people who practice not only they say the prayer and fast and go for hats, which of course are very much needed, but also they practice their faith by being kind, by being just, by giving everyone his due right, by being fair, by being honest. And also those who have experience, they know about the problems of humanity, about the problems of the community, they have solutions. Their ha history shows their success. Not in the sense that they have changed the world. We should not be too ambitious. But in the change that depending on the resources and on the help and support that they had, they did something good for the community. So we have to look for some people. Of course, our ulama, our marage, our great uh, scholars have always served the community, served humanity, but we have to be dynamic, we should continue this line and at every age and every locality we must find who would be the best to lead us and to guide us. The next question is, Salamun Alaikum. Yes, it is true that Allah will inform us of what you do. I believe it as he is reminding us even in this world of what we have done so that we can ask for forgiveness. Is that true, Mullah? Yes, of course. Thank you for your comment. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us about everything we do and also in this world, uh, sometimes he informs us about what we have done in different ways either for example by uh, you know people coming to us and tell us what we have done either Allah tells us when we review our own actions if we review our own actions on a daily basis then we would be able to understand whether we have done something good or bad and there are many different ways and if for example we face problems 
this is maybe a way of telling us that you have done something wrong you have missed some point so we have to be always alert and careful the next question if your responsibility is to our family and the neighbors should we not then be channeling our donations to projects in our local vicinity rather than remitting funds overseas yes you know we have this idea that first we should help the people who are the nearest and the closest to us and this is even economical because instead of me sending some for example help or money to another part of the world and then at the same time someone from another part of the world sending something to where I live so I look after my locality and he looks after the locality and then everything extra that we have we send to one central position that uh, can be shared with those that have do not have enough but this is with respect to personal duties so this is your own for example amount of money or time or care that you can give so you start with the people who are closest to you but something like homes something like a money which is for the public so here instead of everyone is starting from uh, his own or her own locality we should send it all to the central body and then the central body by knowing the situation of the community worldwide would decide whether it should be kept here or should be sent somewhere else you don't need first to send but at least there must be coordination so the one who is in charge of the overall good of the community and humanity he should know exactly how much we would have available every month for example and then every year and then by having a very comprehensive picture of what we have and what we need worldwide he would tell us okay in your locality it seems that uh, you are doing fine you don't need any extra help so whatever you uh, raise as some funds send us to send to another place or send directly to another place anyway he may give you different directions but what is important is that there must be a coordination and we must act as a team as one body the believers must be like one body if you know like if you look at body everything that one part of body has would share it with rest of body through blood circulation so it's not that if our lung you know get some oxygen would be only for our lung it would go around the body so this is very important the next question salam alaikum salam about helping our own family say if we have a um, we have a sibling who is struggling they have their family but are not careful in managing their finances as a result are in need every time is this still our duty to help them first and anyone else who are relatively poor yes everyone first should start with his family if they are in need if they are poor 
if they need for example not always money sometimes they need care for example you know maybe they are ill they are sick uh, they need help maybe they need education so the main principle is that you start with those who are closest to you with those about whom you have the maximum information the maximum relation and you can do things very naturally you know if for example uh, someone who is my neighbor because not necessarily also you know, family sometimes can be a neighbor and a person who is another district none of them is my family but my neighbor again has priority so basically the idea is that I start with where you have maximum information most natural relation and easiest ways of helping so if everyone starts like this then it will be sorted out you know let me give you an example if you want to have a beautiful town a very clean and tidy town what should we do so everyone should start with his own street and then with the rest of the town but if I live in the east of the town and I go and clean the west of the town this doesn't make sense how much time I have to spend on going there and cleaning there so let me start from my own street my own neighborhood if we have extra time and help then we can give to the rest of the town where it is needed you know it's very logical so if you have problems inside your family in your neighborhood in your town then you should keep a kind of priority of course these may not necessarily come together for example I may have a mother who doesn't live in this town so even if my mother lives in another part of the world I have to be helpful because she's closer to me not in geography not in distance but closer to me in my heart in my you know affection and love and responsibility so it's not only a matter of geography you have to find who are the closest people to you with whom you have greatest responsibility and start with and if they are not careful about managing their finances this again needs some wisdom maybe the help that I can give them is to help them organize the things maybe is to help them manage their things um, maybe sometimes temporarily um, you have to withdraw help but at the same time being watchful and you know so that they understand that they have to manage things but you are there not to let it happen you know to extreme but in any case we have to be very wise and we have to find the best ways to help but of course there may be some mm, detail that we need to address from a fiqhi point of view also okay the sixth question let, let it be the last question our time is over in one of your sessions you mentioned that in two rakanah for a prayer after Isha uh, Salam we can recite just Surah Fatah yes uh, and leave out the second surah does this also apply to all other nafilah for five yes yes for every nafilah there is possibility of just reciting surah al-hamd 
every nafila you can just recite suratul hamd if you are for example uh, to go somewhere quickly you have no time or what, for whatever reason even if you don't have any reason you just wanted to make it shorter uh, you can skip the second surah in nafila uh, i thank allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for being able to have this session and i'm very sorry to you to today we had lots of problem with internet speed and connection and uh, if there has been any problem any um, interruption please forgive me and inshallah we hope that next time the situation would be better although it's not always in our hands and sometimes it's just what's happening you know uh, without having any choice so we have to do our best and make most of and the best out of what is available to us may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be always your guide and support may allah be your source of inspiration may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be supporter of your family your parents your children your neighbors your people in town and in the country and in the whole world may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah forgive all your marhumin especially your parents and for parents and the teachers and may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah be pleased with your actions and with your intentions وآثر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين